Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to worship. Welcome to Schweitzer. We're glad you're here today. Wherever you're at, it is a joy to be able to worship together. I'm Jim, and I serve as a pastor here and also our host for this morning. And again, we're really glad you're here. If you're guests with us today, especially glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Check in with us, and we'd love to send you a gift, which is a, a digital gift card from Starbucks. This morning, we're looking forward to continuing our sermon series called Rooted, where we're exploring what really grounds us and holds us, what's our foundation, gives us meaning and purpose. This is a really practical series where we'll learn how to uh, grow spiritually and become spiritually alive and really encountering God. Pastor Spencer is going to lead us through Psalm 1, and it's going to be a great experience. We're looking forward to beginning in two weeks a new church-wide study and experience called Jesus is Greater, a Field Guide to Colossians. We're inviting everybody to be a part of this, to join a live group or to uh, do the study, be a part of the study at home with your family or friends, wherever you're at, uh, be a part of this study. It's going to be awesome. The resource we have is a book by the same name, and the books are here. And so to, to get your book and to join a group or to sign up, go to sumc.co slash Colossians. Be a part of this experience at Schweitzer. We also invite you to engage today. We have a chat feature on your screen. Say hi to your friends and to others. Also, we'd love to pray with you. There's a prayer button on your screen. You can hit that and pray with someone who is available to pray with you. Again, we'd love to do that. And so as we come to this time of worship, let's, uh, let's celebrate God, let's celebrate each other, enjoy each other. We worship a God that is awesome, that is great, beyond our imagination. Let's worship God together. Lift up your voice, come on and sing to our God, the everlasting Lift up your voice, come on and sing to our God, the everlasting King. Oh Lord, my Gladly bearing, he bled and died to take. 
As we pray together this morning, we thank God for the, the gift of prayer, the, the opportunity that we have to have a conversation with God and to listen to God, to uh, ponder, to, to really reflect on what God is uh, saying to us in life with us. And one of the ways that we can pray is, uh, is unique, but used through the ages, and that is praying the scriptures. And so today I'm gonna read a scripture a couple times. It's a scripture that Pastor Spencer will uh, teach and talk about in a bit. And so what we're gonna do now though is to uh, hear from God through the scriptures and then pray together. So I'm gonna begin reading from Galatians. Paul, the Apostle Paul has some words from us uh, from God and uh, we'll hear those and then we'll pray together. So hear these words. You my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now I invite us to listen to what God might have to say to us. Is there any phrases or words that you heard that God is speaking to you? Let's pray.
As we continue praying together, I'll read again the scripture we heard. And now I invite us to ponder, in other words, to reflect on some words and phrases that may have stood out to us, that God may have been speaking to us. And now I invite us to uh, reflect on what they might mean and why now. And so let's, uh, let's hear uh, these words uh, from God again. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Holy God and kind, kind Father, we thank you for the gift of your word, for the scripture, the wisdom and the insight and the direction. God, you give us so much through your word. Help us to really hear what you have for us. Help us to dive into your scripture. We confess we can be easily distracted and can neglect or ignore our relationship with you. We are. We are thankful, we are grateful that you desire a deep relationship with us, God. Thank you. We, we pray, we pray for your Holy Spirit to fill us, to lead and guide us. Uh, Lord, we need you and uh, we thank you, God, that we have your gifts of Scripture, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And now let's pray together the prayer the Lord taught us long ago in saying, and let's pray it with the boldness and confidence that the Lord gives us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we come to this time of offering, we're grateful to God for all that God gives to us, his care and love and provision. And today in our offering, we're, we're really excited to let you know that your ties and your gifts are impacting our community in a new and creative way. This week, we launched Grow to Know Learning Pods on our campus as we transformed some of our space to support families here in our community. They can come to this campus and be in a learning pod and they have teachers and other assistants to help them in a collaborative and creative way as they learn. And there's still some needs that we have to support the learning pods. You can go to sumc.co slash learning pods to find out what the wish list is. It's from school supplies to chairs and tables and soccer balls. That's what Roxanne and I are going to give to the kids. So we're blessing kids and families and your gifts and ties 
are really helping to do that. And we are grateful. We give to God out of a response. We give with trust and obedience and love for what God does for us. And we thank you for your gifts. And now let's continue worshiping through another song.
We love the power of stories and we believe in stories, especially God's stories. Each week this year, we're telling stories of how God is moving and working in people's lives, especially connected to Schweitzer in various ways. And so today our story is, is from Amanda Brown and she is a faithful follower of Jesus, a uh, entrepreneur, an employer, and she loves all God's creatures. So let's hear from Amanda right now. I have been coming to Schweitzer since I moved here in 99 to go to SMS, and I'm involved in outreach ministry. I've done a lot of things over the year with the Old Pray, Study, Grow, Life Change Plan, different things in outreach. So growing, growing up Catholic, everything is pomp and circumstance and tradition and make no mistake, I want my Apostles' Creed and like I, I want all the things because I need the tradition and I feel rooted in the tradition. But when you, when you peel all of the tradition away and when you get rid of all the pomp and circumstance and you get right down to it, it's very freeing. In 2007, I was working a job that stressed me out more than words could ever explain. And I had constant migraines. And it didn't matter how much time I spent at the headache care center or what Dr. Katie tried to do, nothing was helping. And I was sitting there in traffic and literally I was just like, God, I've got to do something. And literally there was a billboard in front of me that said, Find your place, follow your passion. And it was like, done. And I had already been toying with the idea of quitting my job and pet sitting full time. And I just kind of sat down and ran the math and did a cash flow analysis and a demographic analysis. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And so my side hustle in college was taking care of people's pets for them. And I had been pet sitting all along and literally it was follow your passion, find your place. I think, I think that's, that's what's important to me is he wants to be our father. He wants us to call out Abba. Like he wants to be part of our lives and to have this working relationship. It's kind of cool when you can build that relationship without all the junk, you know, you can, you can be in your pajamas. You can be in the middle of the lake. You can be wherever and just have that open dialogue. And it's very freeing and it's very comforting. And it also, it allows to not have to stew and fester because you don't have to be in your war room and you don't have to light the candles and you don't have to go talk to your priest and you don't like, you can literally just be where you are and talk to God because God will meet you where you are. And when you, when you seek to find answers and when you try to understand and really get down to the nitty gritty, it's really cool to be able to just talk to God like you're talking to your best friend or your parents or whomever. My name is Amanda Brown, and this is just the beginning of my story. Well, welcome, friends. Uh, my name is Spencer. I'm the pastor here. It's so good to join together today. Uh, this is part three of a series we're on called Rooted, as we're talking about uh, our, our roots and we're talking about our foundation, we're talking, about, talking about how we grow and uh, what it takes for us to be uh, those who grow. And as we go through this series, we're, we've also been talking about 
a church-wide study that we're going to be doing in a few weeks. Starting on September 13th, we've got a study called Jesus is Greater that's that's coming to Schweitzer. We're going to spend eight weeks. I'm going to be preaching through the book of Colossians. And along with this study, we've also created a resource. We're calling it a field guide, a little book written by a team of Schweitzer members with reflections and readings that go along with the series. And so every day there will be a daily reading that you can participate with to engage with the series. And one of the things I'm really excited about is there's going to be weekly small group questions that you can participate with others. And so you can join together with others to to study the scripture together, study the Bible together, which is always a great experience, a really transformative kind of experience. And so um, I want to encourage you to be thinking about that. If you're not in a group already, um, maybe you want to join a group to to join together as we do this series. Some of you might want to join together with uh, a a news life group. You can do this by by our website, by signing up on our website. Some of you might just want to join together as a family, a husband, a wife. A family might want to study together. Maybe you want to pull some friends together from your neighborhood or work um, and, and start a group and study this together. You can meet online. You can meet in person. There's so many different ways that you can uh, make this work for you. But but what, what I love about this is that together, we're going to lean into growth. We're going to study the scripture together. We're going to talk about it together. And, and this is the kind of thing that growing people do. I mean, growing people like pay attention to the ways that they're cultivating growth. As we said last week, spiritual growth doesn't happen on accident. You don't just stumble your way into growth. And so we're, we're going to this, this way that together we're going to lean into growth. So that starts September 13th. I'm so excited about that. Today, this is going to be part three of this series um, called Rooted. Each week, we're reading through Psalm 1. It's six verses. We're reading the same six verses each week. And then we're just looking at uh, the passage in, in different angles as we as we explore this, this psalm and what it has to say to us about, about how do we become the kinds of people who grow. So here's Psalm 1. Here's how it goes. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So Psalm 1, right off the bat, introduces us to, to two kinds of people. There is a, a person who is like a tree that's planted by streams of water. This is the, the person who knows who they are. They know what their life is about. They know where they're going. They, they know what they're trying to do. This is the person who is secure and strong. And no matter what comes in life, they have these roots that go deep into the ground and they keep them secure. But there's another kind of person who's like chaff that is blown around from here to there. This is the person who doesn't know who they are. They don't know what their life is about. They don't know where they're going. And when all of the circumstances of life, whatever might be coming upon them, they are just blown around by the circumstances, always reacting to what's happening around them. This is the, the kind of person who, who has no roots and, 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 and is not growing. And so we've been exploring these, these two kinds of people. And this week and last week, we're really drilling down on, on what does it take to be like this tree who's planted by streams of water. And so we're, we're drilling down on the details about this, about this tree and, and learning uh, from it. And so what we've been reading this week and last week um, are, the, are these details of this tree. Here's what we read about this, this tree. Uh, again, it's verse three it says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. And so this week and last week, we're really focusing on this tree and looking at the details. Last week, we looked at two details um, about this tree. We looked at how this tree is, as we read here, is planted 
by streams of water. It's planted. Catch that word. It's planted. What we learned about this tree, this, this person who knows who they are, they know what their life is about, they know what they're trying to do and who they are. What we first of all learned about this person is that they're planted, meaning they're not just a wild tree. This tree didn't like happen to end up by the streams of water. This tree is, is, has a purpose for being there. It's been cultivated. And that's really a key word here is that growth happens when we cultivate it. As we said it last week, spiritual growth doesn't happen on accident. You are not going to stumble your way into a dynamic, growing personal relationship with God. You are not gonna like accidentally come upon what it means to be a faithful disciple of Jesus who is mature in their faith. Like this isn't just gonna happen to you. You have to cultivate it. This tree is planted by streams of water. And that's this leads us to the second uh, thing we noticed about this tree is that it's planted by streams of water. It's not planted out in the desert. It's not planted somewhere far away from water, but rather someone has cultivated this tree next to a source of, of nourishment. Its roots can tap into the water and what it needs in order to grow. And so last week we asked this question of what are you tapping into in order to grow? Now, traditionally, the words that we use to describe what it is we tap into to grow spiritually are, are these. We talk about spiritual disciplines, things like Bible reading and prayer and worship, things like being in small groups and fellowship and serving those who are in need. And, and so we talked about this and, and carving out this time in our life in order to cultivate these spiritual disciplines because this is how we're going to grow. Now, this week and next, this week and last week, these two messages go really hand in hand and, and really it's like part A, part B. They really go together and, and, uh, and, and really, it's because there's so much more to say about spiritual disciplines than we said, said last week. In fact, there was this, this very obvious uh, point that I didn't make about spiritual disciplines last week. And I was kind of nervous because um, I, I just didn't think you wanted an hour-long sermon. So I divided these two ideas uh, up into, into part A and part B. But, but there's this obvious point I didn't make. And I was kind of nervous that you're going to call me out on it because I didn't make this, this obvious point. But you are gracious and kind and you no one said anything to me about it, even though I'm sure you noticed that I didn't make this obvious point about spiritual disciplines as we were talking about this last week. And, and here's the obvious point that I, that I didn't make is that you can be really good at spiritual disciplines. Like you can be really good at reading your Bible every day or taking time to pray or going to worship like every Sunday. You might have like a 52 uh, week attendance for church. Like you can be really good at spiritual disciplines and still be a jerk, still be critical, still be mean-spirited, still be judgmental, still be sinful. Like you can be really good at these things and have it not actually impact your life. You can be really good at these things and, and not have it actually change who you are. You can go through all of this like religious activity, but, but not actually be growing. Like, like, I believe deeply that God uses spiritual disciplines to change our lives, but, but sometimes, and I believe it is the mechanism that God's going to use to change our lives, but, but sometimes uh, you can be really good at spiritual disciplines, but just spin your wheels with activity where you're not actually going anywhere. Think about it like this. A couple of years ago, I went to this event in Nashville. I was living in Kansas City at the time. I went to this event in Nashville. I think the event was over like at noon. I had a two o'clock flight, gonna connect through Dallas, gonna go home, I was home by six. 
Well, I got on the airplane and, and I sat on the airplane that day, went, got on perfect timing and, and I was there on the airplane and, and the captain comes on and says, all the flights are going to Dallas, there's storms in Dallas and so therefore uh, we're just gonna sit here until we're clear to go and we'll, we'll let you know when that is. So we sat on the airplane for a little while and, about an hour later, the captain comes back on and says the same thing. There's storms in Dallas. We're not cleared to go. We're just going to hang out here for a little while longer. An hour later, the captain comes back on and says the same thing. We sat on that plane for over three hours, just sitting like on the runway, waiting for clearance to go. And I got this little window that I'm looking out. That's all I can see is this little window, just waiting, wondering when we're going to take off. And finally, we take off. And I'm getting a little nervous, though, because you know, I've got a connecting flight that I got to get to at the Dallas airport. And, and here it is, these, these storms have grounded flights coming into Dallas and we get to Dallas and, and the captain comes on and says, we're here, but the storms are such that we still can't land. And so we're just gonna circle the city for a while. And so we circled the city for like another hour until finally we were allowed to, to land. And I'm really nervous about my connecting flight at this time, but, but thankfully my connecting flight was delayed. And then it was delayed again. And then it was delayed again. And then it was canceled. And so I find another flight, about 30 minutes is gonna take off. It's in another terminal in Dallas, huge airport, right? So I'm a little nervous, I'm not gonna make it to the other terminal in time, but, but thankfully that connecting flight, the new flight that I was gonna get on, well, that, that flight was delayed and then delayed again and then canceled. And so now it's 10.30 at night, I'm stuck in Dallas, I, I'm calling for hotel rooms and I can't find, seem to find any. Finally, I find this really cheap hotel room. I get to the room and I start trying to search on my computer for, for new flights that I can get on. And, and, I, and I, I see a new flight early in the morning, it's gonna get me home at 9 a.m. Except when I look at this, this is on a Friday and I look at this, well, the new flight doesn't land until 9 a.m. On, on Sunday. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's two days away. And so I, I finally search other airlines and I find the earliest I can get back to Kansas City is like 3 p.m. And so I decided to myself, you know what, the, the faster way to do this is just to rent a car and drive. And so I end up driving from Dallas to Kansas City because it's going to be, get me home faster than if I would. It's just to wait for another flight. And so this trip that should have taken like four hours ends up taking something like 28 or 29 hours for me to get home. Like, like I can't help but think that, that there's a, a metaphor there for, for what life is like sometimes. Like, like sometimes there's all this activity and all this energy and all this effort. And yet, and yet I'm, I'm just spinning my wheels because I'm not actually going to where I want to go. And I wonder if, if this isn't how some of us are living spiritually. Like there's all kinds of activity. We go to church, we sing the songs, maybe we read our Bibles, maybe, maybe we, we, we pray, we do all these kinds of things. And yet, and yet we're not actually growing. We're not actually changing. We're, we're just stuck. And so Psalm 1 has some, some wisdom for us about how to be unstuck. So I want to go back to Psalm 1. I want to learn more about this tree because there's some details here about this tree that I, I think give us so much wisdom about how to get unstuck and, and stop spinning our wheels and to actually be people who grow. So let's read this one more time about Psalm, Psalm 1 verse 3. It says, That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. So there's some details here. We've already talked about two of the details of the trees planted by streams of water, but there's some more details here I want us to catch because there's so much wisdom here. Here are the other details. The tree yields its fruit in season, its leaves do not wither, and whatever they do, they prosper. Now these three details are all really interconnected with one another and to unpack these details, to really see the wisdom here, let's ask a really simple and obvious question that that's probably not a question you, you would tend to ask, but, but let's ask this question. Um, this tree, who's yielding fruit and whose leaves do not wither, this tree, um, what does this tree do in order 
for it to yield fruit and to have healthy leaves. What is this tree actively doing in order to be the kind of tree that is healthy with leaves and bearing fruit? What, what, is, what is this tree actively doing? Well, simple. The tree is being a tree. Because the natural thing that a tree does is a tree is going to bear fruit and it's going to have healthy leaves. The tree doesn't have to actively work at these things. The tree is just being a tree. And, and this little observation is key to understanding how Christian growth works. Listen to what Jesus says about growth. This is John chapter 15. Jesus says this. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I'm gonna skip to verse four. Jesus says, remain in me. That word remain can be translated from the Greek in different ways. It can be translated as remain, or it can be translated as dwell, or abide, um, or live. Live is my favorite. I think it's the most clear. So I'm going to re keep reading through here. And, and as I do, I, I'm just going to replace the word remain with the word live, because I think it's a bit more clear. So Jesus says, verse four, live in me as I also live in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must live in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you live in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you live in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not live in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you live in me and my words live in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Okay, so according to Jesus, who knows a thing or two about spiritual growth, so according to Jesus, what does it take to grow? Well, according to Jesus, it's simple. Live in him. So according to Jesus, what growing people do is that they live in him. That this is the, what they focus on. This is what they, what they dwell on. This is the goal is that they're going to live in him. Paul says a similar thing in Galatians chapter five. Um, Paul says this in Galatians five, talking about spiritual growth. I'm gonna start in verse 16. Paul says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now you hear that word desires of the flesh, you probably think about like the really bad things, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, that kind of thing. And well, I guess desires of the flesh could be those kinds of things. Desires of the flesh can also be much more obvious, normal things. I mean, sometimes the desires of the flesh are, are just simply the ways that you and I uh, live our life on our own terms instead of submitting our lives to God. Or desires of flesh might be the ways that you and I compare ourselves to others instead of be content with what God has given us. Or desires of flesh might be the ways that you and I let our anger get out of control and we lose our temper with people. Or, or maybe it's how we ignore people. Or maybe it's how we, we don't do the things that we know we should do to help other people who are in need. Like desires of flesh, they're not always just the, the bad things. Sometimes it's just the way that you and I live when we put ourselves first. And so Paul says, the, the way that you don't live according to the desires of the flesh, the, the opposite of this is just simply, if you walk, if you walk by the Spirit, 
If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This, this teaching here is that if you live in a relationship with God, that's what it means to walk by the Spirit, to, to live in a relationship with God. He says the natural outcome of that is that you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You will not live for yourself. You will find new ways of living. He goes on, he explains this and, and, he, and he expands what desires of flesh are, but then he wraps up this thinking and he gives us an alternative to this. You can live based on what you wanna do or if you walk by the spirit, what you're gonna find is this. And this is the end of Galatians 5, verse 22. Very famous verse, Paul says, but the fruit of the spirit, that is the outcome of living in a life filled with the Holy Spirit, walking with the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the spirit, he says, is love, Joy, peace, forbearance. I learned it as patience. I'm going to say patience. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like this is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the outcome of what happens when you live in a relationship with God. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the outcome of somebody who walks by the Spirit. Not that they're producing these kinds of things, but that they begin to reflect these. And, and why is it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? Well, because this is the characteristics of God. Like the fruit of the Spirit is, is when we begin to reflect the character and nature of God in our life. And Paul's like, how do you do it? Well, you walk by the Spirit. Jesus says, how do you do it? Well, you you live in me. This is how you do it. The great C.S. Lewis, he describes this dynamic and he says this, one of my favorite quotes by C.S. Lewis. He says, if you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. Listen, some of us aren't growing some of us aren't changing. Some of us are just stuck and we're spinning our wheels very simply because we're not encountering God. Some of us are great at spiritual disciplines, but we're not actually encountering God in these experiences. And this is why we're not changing. Listen, you can be great at spiritual disciplines. You can read your Bible every single day. But if you're not encountering God, this is why you can, you can do all of that religious activity and yet still be a jerk. Because you're not encountering Him and He is the one who will actually change you. He is the one who will actually grow you. He is the one who will actually transform you. And, and it's not that you have to work really, really hard at this. It's that you simply have to cultivate an encounter with Him. To, to come in contact with them. You see, God's not interested in you just being really good at religious activity. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you can be good at religion. What, what God wants for you is a dynamic, personal, growing relationship with him. And when you develop that, that is when God is going to start to change your life. That is when growth happens and that is when we become like these trees that are planted by streams of water. It's not that we have to try really, 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 really hard to be different people. It's that when we encounter him, he begins to change our life. This is the dynamic that we see in the scripture over and over and over again. Think about it like this. When I was a kid, I couldn't think of a better meal than, than a happy meal. 
And, and I remember when it was like my birthday, I get to choose where we're going for, for dinner that night. It's a big deal. I get to choose the whole family. There's five of us. I get to choose the whole family. My parents are like, well, let's go somewhere nice. And I'm like, who are these jokers? No, no, no. Happy meals for everyone because it's the best meal that there is. And then, and then though, when I, when I get older, my appetites change. I, I mature. My appetite starts to change and, and I start to desire food that's actually good. Well, this is how spiritual growth works. Like, when, when you grow, when you mature in your faith, it, it's, it's not that you have to try really hard at these things, it's that, it's that your appetite, your desires, what you think about, they naturally start to change as you begin to live in a different kind of way. You see, the problem is, sometimes we begin to look at spiritual disciplines as if they are the end. And, and, and they become the thing that we become focused on. And, and very easily, spiritual disciplines can turn into a checklist as in, okay, have I read my Bible today? Check. Have I prayed today? Check. Did I go to worship today? Check. Did I, have I done these, these religious activities today? Check, check, check. And I'm going to base my relationship with God based on what I have done here. But, but spiritual disciplines aren't an end. They're a means. They're a means for me to encounter God. And, and if they're an end, then it's just religious activity that I become good at. But if it's a, if it's a means of me encountering God, then when I go to my Bible, it's not that I'm trying to check an activity off for the day. It's rather that I'm trying to open my life up to hearing what God has to say to me in a relationship. You see, Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to be good at religion. He died on the cross that, that we can have a relationship with him. And it's in this relationship that he is going to begin to change our lives. A tree doesn't have to try to bear fruit. A tree doesn't have to try to have healthy leaves. Rather, all it has to do is to tap into its source. And this is how it works with spiritual disciplines. And so in this series, we've been talking through growth. I've, I've been wanting us to, to ask this question about what are we tapping into, but I'm not trying to ask you to, to think about doing more religious activity. What I'm, what I'm trying to ask you to think about is the nature and the quality of your relationship with God. Because what God wants for you is a growing, dynamic, personal relationship with Him. It's not going to happen on accident. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen if you just, you just ignore it, but, but rather when we begin to cultivate a growing, dynamic, personal relationship with God, this is when our life begins to change. This is how we mature. I've heard it said before that it is very easy to age in the church, but to not actually mature. It's very easy to fill your life with religious activities, but to not actually be encountering the living Christ. And so this morning, as we work our way through this, and we look at this tree, I want us to pause and to think about how are we actually encountering God in our lives? Not what are the religious activities we're doing, but, but rather, how are you cultivating an actual relationship with your Father in heaven? How are you cultivating a growing, dynamic, personal relationship with the God who loves you? How are you growing an experience of him who's given his life for you? This is what this is about, is a dynamic, personal, growing relationship with him. And so I've, I've been praying for you over the last few weeks as we've been in the series. And, and I've been praying that you might be like a tree that's planted by streams of water. That, that you might yield fruit in season, that you might have leaves that do not wither and that whatever you do prosper because you are growing in a relationship with him 
who loves you. You are encountering the living God who is going to change your life. And you're not stuck like an airport traveler who's just spinning their wheels trying to get home, but rather you are encountering the life change that takes place when we encounter Jesus because this is what he does for us. And so friends, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you're spinning your wheels, if you feel like you're um, not changing and not growing, I wanna encourage you to be thinking about this simple question of what are you doing to cultivate not religious activity, but an encounter with God. It's not real complicated to encounter God because God wants to encounter you. He wants to share his life with you. And, and so I wonder just some simple things that it takes to encounter God. Are you open to it? Or rather, have you closed your life because of your, your mind or maybe your, you've closed your life because of sin? Are you open to him? Do you desire it? Because God surely desires for you to encounter him. And three, are you opening yourself to the means of encountering him? These means of spiritual disciplines that are the way that he's created for us to grow in relationship with him. His desire for you is that you would be like this tree. This tree that is secure and strong. This tree that knows who it is. This tree that has roots that are deep and tapped into the source of nourishment. Let's pray together. And so Father, I wanna to pray today for my brothers and sisters, my friends here who, who some of us uh, are stuck. Some of us, maybe we've neglected these means of encountering you. And for others of us, maybe we've just been dry in our spirits and we haven't actually been encountering you, but we've been going through the motions of this. And, and what we want from you, Lord, is an encounter with you. We wanna know you and walk with you to hear your voice to be led by you and to have a relationship with you because this is the goal that you have for us. And so Father, today for, for any of us who might be stuck, for any of us who might be going through the motions, for any of us who might feel like we're far from you, may today be a day for us to turn over a new leaf, to confess this to you and to ask you to lead us, to ask you to visit with us, to ask you to meet with us because this is your desire is to be found by us. So Father, we love you and we thank you that you have given your son that we might have a relationship, a deep, meaningful, personal, growing, dynamic relationship with you who loves us. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Okay. 
It's been great to share this time with you today as we explore what it takes to grow in a relationship with God. If this has been helpful for you, I encourage you to share this with your friends, your family, that we might share the good news of Jesus with others. Uh, next week, we're going to celebrate communion. If you'd like to receive a packet for your house, you can call the church office and get information. But otherwise, be prepared with supplies for yourself that we might celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper next week. I can't wait to share that with you.